Welcome to the Grace Avenue Church Podcast, where we believe that the grace of God is yours to live. It is our prayer that this message will help you experience God's freedom, live your potential, and make the impact you were created for. Now here's the message. Good morning, Grace Avenue Church. There's a spirit of expectancy in the house today. Wow. I mean, come on, y'all are already cheering. I haven't even introed myself. My goodness. Uh, for those of you whom I've yet to meet, uh, I just wanted to intro myself and let you know who I am, who I am on staff, what God has done. Today's going to be a little different, so if, you're, if, you're, if you showed up today and you're ready for a preach, you may not get that, okay? Uh, I'm going to tell you a little bit of my story and hopefully inspire you to, to do the same and let you know where, what God has taken me from um, and where, where he's taking me currently. So uh, is that all right? All right, for those of you who I haven't met yet, my name is Henry. I am on staff. I've been on staff for three years here at Grace Avenue Church, the best church. Come on. Um, I've been on staff now for three years, and it's been an incredible three years because, and a, an adventurous three years because since transitioning out of the bank, I was in, I was in banking for 13 years, and then I decided, hey, I'm going to go into ministry full time. Well, God decided that. Uh, I'm going to go into ministry full time. And in that time in three years, Shortly after coming on to staff, I was asked to be a campus pastor, and which seems like a decade ago. I don't know. So much has happened. We, we launched a second campus, and it's been like, a, a, it seems like a decade. But um, I feel like I came on to staff not knowing what the heck I'm doing. Like, what am I doing here at staff? I don't, not that I didn't have roles to do and, and you know, things to get done, but I literally didn't know what I was doing. And, and then God said, well, you know what? You're going to be doing a second campus not knowing what you're doing. So shortly after we launched, uh, four or five weeks into uh, our second campus, God decided, you know what, Henry doesn't know what he's doing, I'm going to shut the entire world down, and we're going to regroup here, okay? Uh, no, that's not exactly what happened. I wish God loved me that much, more than the world, but that's not exactly how, how it worked out, but um, because he has no favorites, right? We know that God's word says he has no favorites, right? We're all in the same, same boat here, but now I get to oversee teams. What we're doing here at our Blossom campus is I get to oversee teams with our incredible pastor Haley here, and we get to see front of house teams, and I get the opportunity to oversee one of our um, outreach, our outreach ministry. Those who have served, uh, thank you. You impact lives. Uh, time and time again, when you show up, you impact lives and give to, to the poor. You're impacting the life. And those who haven't served yet, I just want to encourage you. Uh, the book of James says that faith without works is dead, okay? Come on. I, I'm not going to preach. I'm not going to preach. But the book of James is pretty clear on that. And I just want to encourage you. Hey, if you believe in Jesus and you have faith, let's put that faith to work, all right? So here are some stats from our outreach I wanted to share with you. So far to date, we've had 786 families impacted in our giving, in your giving, in our giving and serving, and over 82,000 pounds of food. We got some strong guys out there, all right? <laughs> Yesterday alone, we had 193 families impacted. You know, for Thanksgiving week, uh, people really were in need, and we had a quite the, the turnout. And uh, we had 18,000 pounds of food given just yesterday alone. And our biggest sign-up uh, for our serve team. So can we give it up for everybody who signed up for that? And again, uh, we love the applause. We think that's incredible, and we know that God is doing a miracle in the lower-income area of town. But I want to encourage you, if you've not yet signed up, what are you waiting for? Okay, Jesus' words says that it is more blessed to give 
than to receive. So if you want to feel the blessing of what that's like, I want to empower you to do that every third Saturday. If you don't listen to any more of my message, <laughs> sign up for outreach, all right? Every third Saturday of the month. All right, so I share all that to say that uh, this is an incredible honor to get to share from a uh, platform today. And I want to just take a moment and honor our pastors, Daniel and Janelle. Um, my wife and I, we love you. We thank you so much for taking a risk on me. You didn't know my worth ethic, but three years ago, you were like, you know what? We'll, we'll take a shot. And here I am. So do you guys love your pastors? Let's give it up for our pastors. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, it's Thanksgiving week and the clock is running, so we're going to have to get through this. All right. I thought, what better time to talk about thankfulness than this week? Some of us are hosting Thanksgiving in our house, and you're already kind of like, oh, man, I haven't done any shopping yet. I haven't even gone to H-E-B. I will say I'm praying for you. Good luck. The lines are going to be long. I remember we did an outreach long ago where we, uh, we uh, I think we purchased turkeys for lower income, and I was on that mission. Like, you know what? I'm going to go in there full of faith. And I walked in with a shopping cart, and there was no way I was getting through the stuffing aisle. Like, and I just had to ask for forgiveness of the things that I've done to try to get through that aisle. Uh, so all that to say, if it's a shocker that today is Thanksgiving week for you, uh, I'm praying for you, okay? Praying for you. Uh, but also, it's Thanksgiving week, and what Thanksgiving means for some of us is that it's Black Friday sales. Like, some of us are really excited about that. And those that are shoppers, some of us that are here that are shoppers, you get to prove that today uh, or this week that shopping is a sport. All right? You're going to show up early. I'm going to forget the turkey. I'm going forget the Lions game. Forget the Cowboys game. I'm going in, and I'm going to get, sorry, sorry for the Lions fans and Cowboys fans, but kind of not. Uh, I'm going to go in early, and I'm going to get my gift. This year, for us, it's a Barbie dream house. All right? We have a mission. We're going to go in there. We're going to get it, and we're going to hope for a great deal. And if not, well, pray for us because we're going to have a very upset five-year-old in the home. Okay? Uh, now, that's a funny illustration, but when we're going to get and acquire this, this, this prized possession on Black Friday, there's typically a thank you in exchange when we're paying for that good, right? And a lot of times that thank you in exchange when we get what we paid for is very, how can I say, it's, it's very common, it's very familiar, we're used to it, right? And today I just wanted to say that in my life, I want to just share a couple of stories from my life uh, and how God moved on my heart to help me know that uh, when I get in his presence, that my thank you has got to be very, very specific. I, I try to get really specific in my life and in, in, in my thank you. So if you don't remember anything today, I want to help you know that when you get in your time with the Lord, even if you, you've just met God, I don't even know who God is. You're in this room and like, I don't even know how I got here. I was drugged here by somebody else. Not like literally drugged, but drugged here. <laughs> I just want to help you know, like, get real specific in your thank you with the Lord. Get real specific. Message title today, which will be many stories, but the title that I came up with, I thought it was kind of cool because I've seen it in my life, is Familiar Grace. Everybody say, Familiar Grace. All right, Lord, may your grace never become familiar in our lives. Amen. Amen. That's quick, short, sweet, and it's good. Amen. All right, 2 Corinthians, here's the verse that I was inspired that I feel like God dropped into my heart. 2 Corinthians 4.15 says, for it is all for your sake, so that as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. I felt the Lord share to me and tell me to let you know how, how grace became familiar in my life. And this isn't to compare or condemn where you're at or your story, but 
It's to hopefully encourage us that when we passively seek and ask for forgiveness, it can literally cheapen the gift of grace for us. At least that's what it did for me. You see, grace became cheap for me when I became familiar with it. When I did it over and over and over. So grace becomes cheap with familiarity. My story of salvation was I came to know the Lord in the year 2000. I was 15 years old at a youth group. Um, and I remember saying the prayer of salvation and just believing that he would make my life magically better. Like he would change my heart physically. I would no longer have desires to do the old bad habits and bad desires. That was a, in my head. I mean, I literally looked at that song, Too Good to Not Believe, and was like, you know what? God's going to change my desires. I hadn't really, I hadn't really understood the, that I had a free will, okay? That there was still this kind of like my heart is deceitful. The word says, right? But I was believing. I was like, I said, I said that prayer. Like, I've seen you. Like, I, like we just sung. We, I, I see you. I saw men, addicts, that were healed of their drug addiction. I saw old, old mindsets and that were healed. Sickness and diseases were healed. But yet, in a moment when I said that prayer, God couldn't heal my, my desires. And, and I didn't quite understand that process of, of free will where even if I said a prayer, I'd still have to do my part in pursuing him. And Deuteronomy 6.5 gives clear instruction on what we're to do. And it says that you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And this is an instruction from God that, of what I am to do and who, to, who I'm to love with my, with my heart. So when I came to, the, to know the Lord, I was expecting this tree to be planted, rooted, and bearing fruit when I asked when I said that prayer. That's in my, in my mind when I left that that youth camp in 2000, I remember wanting to have that tree and see the fruit in my life already. But I'm understanding and now understand that when I realized I asked Jesus into my heart, it was only a seed planted. And from there, it was up to me to make sure that I, number one, guarded the seed that was planted. Number two, that I watered the seed in his word and prayer. And number three, that I would offer the fruit that it produced back to God and to people. So thankfulness. So I didn't quite know that my heart was evil, okay? I didn't quite know that. And if that's a wake-up call to some people, I'm sorry to tell you. I'm going to be that guy. Uh, your heart is evil. It wants what it wants. It has its own selfish desires. The heart is flesh, and our flesh doesn't naturally want God. I'm sorry to say, but it doesn't naturally want, want more of the Lord. It wants more of me. Uh, our five-year-old daughter, when she was between the ages of two and three, her favorite word was mine, mine, right? Parents know that. You, you know that word, and it's like, oh, okay, I get it. Uh, Jeremiah 17, 9, this verse says, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? My understanding was that God is so close and so loving. Like, what could I do to show him that I love him if he's... If he's so close, what, what is it that I could physically do? There's, there's nothing that I could do, right? I mean, the Bible says that he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Yeah. Well, what, what, who am I, Lord? What, what, what could I do? So I just keep living my life. This is my story. I would just keep living my life after that prayer and just know that I'm forgiven. And when I mess up, I ask for forgiveness again and again and again, rinse and repeat. And when I would read scriptures like, his mercies are new for me every morning. I started kind of toying with that verse 
and I would like, okay, there's a Friday night coming up, right? I'm going to go out, and then there's a Saturday, but his mercies are new every morning, right? Like, oh, yeah, all the, all the clubbers are like, yeah, you preach now. <laughs> Come on. But it's a vain, it's a very, it was a very dangerous road for me that I was, that I was walking. I was, I was relying that I was going to wake up the next day, that his mercies were going to be new for me every single morning. So God's desire, I was understanding, is that he desired me to pursue him. And I began thinking of an infinite God, that, the creator of the universe, and yet somehow he desires me. He desires to hear from me. He desires gratitude from me and, and gratitude of how he saved me, gratitude and thankfulness of, of what he's done in my life despite owning a cattle on a thousand hills, that he wants me. Amen. So how do we receive grace when we need it without it becoming familiar in our lives? How do we receive grace when we need it without it becoming familiar in our lives? We reject grace becoming familiar by offering thanksgiving to our good God. We, re we reject the idea of grace becoming familiar in our lives just by sitting in his presence, getting around um, some worship music, setting aside, uh, setting, setting aside time just to be in his presence and just offer him thankfulness. But we know now, right, we have to get specific, get specific in your thank you. So the more I prayed intently, I began only offering thanksgiving first and only. I probably should have unscrewed this. So my personal requests happen, like in prayer, but it wasn't my focus anymore. I would go to the Lord and I would say, Lord, thank you so much for what you're doing. I get real specific, and it seemed as though like my request that I actually came to God years before, I would come to God in prayer and petition and prayer and petition and prayer and petition, uh, asking and asking and asking and never actually listening, setting aside a time to, to listen. If that's where you're at, that's okay, but I really feel that the Lord has more for you. He wants to speak to you through his word. In fact, Jesus showed us what we've learned this past year in our Back to Basics ha uh, series, this incredible series Pastor Daniel's put together. He actually showed us, uh, we went through how Jesus modeled to his disciples how to pray. Right? He starts off by saying, Jesus said, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Or Jesus, our Father, holy is your name. And when I go into prayer, I typically stay here. Some guys that I've had a, in small group uh, before, I, I've let them know this, that, man, when I get in the presence of God and I pray, I stay here. God, you are holy. And I say you are holy. I'll probably, I can't even count how many times I say you are holy because sometimes when I'm in a moment of, of praying, like my mind starts thinking about the things I got to get done. Um, and my wife's here, so I can't say like all the dishes and the, the laundry because she's going to be like, you don't do any of that. So I don't know why you're thinking about that. Um, but I stay here in this time. I stay here in this time of prayer, and I say that he is holy, and I, and I vocalize it because my flesh, it, it's like my flesh has to catch up to my spirit. My spirit is wanting to connect with the creator God, but my flesh, I don't know what you've heard, but my flesh doesn't always want to get in the presence of God. It's, we know that the heart's deceitful now, right? We're tracking along. We know it doesn't want to be there, so we got we to gotta make space and get there. You know, Revelation 4 has some vivid imagery of what John saw when he caught a glimpse of heaven. This changed my life, okay? 
So hopefully, I, I didn't write that in my notes, but I wanted to let you know that this changed my life, this vivid imagery of heaven. Uh, it says that he saw Jesus, so John is explaining what he saw in heaven. He saw Jesus seated on a throne, and around the throne were four beasts, okay? And their role and their job is to say day and night, they cry out, they sing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. That's their role and their function. Now, beasts aren't cute babies with wings, okay? Uh, and it goes on to say that they have wings and they have full of eyes and like, what the heck did John see? But, but, these, but, but it says that these, uh, these angels, they, uh, two of their wings cover their eyes, two of their wings cover their body, two of their wings cover their feet. They're in the presence of the Lord and they're singing holy, 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 almost shuddering because of who God is. We think of the angels, and we're like, oh, my gosh, that looks terrible, or that's terrifying, and yet these angels are standing before our good God, and they're like, whoa, I got to cover up everything. Um, this changed my life. But wait, this is like a sales pitch. There is more, okay? <laughs> Not only are, 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 the, are, the, are the seraphim, the angels around the throne singing holy, 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 when they do that, it says that 24 elders that surround the throne come off of their throne, and they cast down their crowns, and then they sing, glory, honor, and power are yours forevermore. You are worthy. So while they're singing holy, others are singing worthy. Uh, I've done a, uh, a study or two on this, and it, 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 I think some have said that the 24 elders, 12 of them represent the tribes of, the tribes of Israel, the sons of Israel, and the other 12 represent the 12 apostles. You think about that. It's amazing that even they would get in the presence of the Lord, and that is, their, that is their role and function. So I say that to say that when I make space for the Lord, I stay there in that moment and declare that he is holy. I don't try to rush over that. I, I, I want to let him know he is holy and worthy, and he's holy, and he's worthy, and he's holy, and he's worthy. I'm not trying to get to my petition at the end of it or start with my petition at the beginning of it. I want to give God what's rightfully his because of who he is. So I th I'm thanking him for his goodness, thanking him for choosing me to lead my family, even maybe though my wife might not be thanking me for <laughs> choosing my family. Thanking him that I have a beautiful wife or for the breath that's in my lungs or when I'm going for a jog and I'm realizing that I get to go for a jog. There are people in this earth that would probably kill to go back out for a jog. Maybe something debilitating happened to them and they can no longer walk or run or, or, you know, I recently took up cycling and I get to go out and, and, I, and, I, and I cycle on these greenways. I haven't graduated to like the crazy trails that some of you guys do, but I'm on the greenway and I think about Pastor Frank, Pastor Frank Damasio, who was an avid cyclist. And when I'm cycling, the Lord reminds me like, don't forget, you get to do this. You get to do this. And I think, and I get to pray for Pastor Frank when I think about him. But I say all that, that I'm thankful. I'm thankful for the opportunity to do the little things. Because without that, without the Lord, who, who knows where, where I'd be if my heart is, is deceitful. I thank the Lord for our church, Grace Avenue Church. I, I thank you for the community he's bringing together. So I'm thanking God literally for, the, for you and where you're, where, where you're sitting right now. I thank the Lord for our pastors. I thank the Lord for the vision that they have for this church and for where they see Grace Avenue going. And I really, really thank the Lord for the ability to be a part of this incredible staff and team here at Grace Avenue Church. 
Like I often think before I walk into the door on our Tuesday meetings, when I pull that door open, I'm about to walk in, I often think, who am I, Lord? Like, who am I to be able to do this? When I was working at the bank here locally, a small community bank here, I'd been there for, uh, at the time, I think I was there at 11 years. Um, it was total time of 13, but at 11-year mark, I just remember uh, God started birthing this strong desire to pastor people. And, and pastoring, you know, what we think of pastoring is, uh, for some, it might not be what you think of pastoring. Pastoring is literally caring for people. All right, it's not putting a mic in my hand. It's not like he wasn't birthing the strong thing to go and preach. I, I literally just started having a passion to birth, birth in my heart just to care for people, listen to people, and give them insight, even though I didn't maybe travel the road that they had. God, I could start seeing that God was giving me some supernatural wisdom to speak into them. And then they'd come back to me and say, hey, when you share this, and I'm like, I don't remember sharing that. But when you get a God word from somebody who God has appointed, you'll never forget it. And I've done that to Pastor Daniel, and he's done the same. Like, I don't remember saying it, but you, you, changed, you said some things that changed my life, Pastor Daniel. Uh, thank you for that. But what, he started, uh, what, what God started showing me is that I, he gen, that I started genuinely caring for people. Uh, but I had to trust the Lord with, with the, the time and the process of what it looked like to come into ministry full time. I shared this recently, this story, over lunch with somebody, uh, and I, I remember, at, again, I was, I was at the bank maybe 11 years at the time, and I remember going to my office, sitting down, looking up uh, at the sky, oh, I'm sorry, at the ceiling, not the sky, that'd be an office full of glass, which would be a really cool office, but that's not my, that wasn't the office I had, uh, but I remember going and sitting down in that time and looking up, and then looking at my hands and then just questioning and asking God. It was a Monday, so you feel the weight of the week on a Monday, right? You go to your, your job in the office. But I, I remember saying, what am I doing here, Lord? Like, I could be impacting so many more people in your house, like around the people that I know you, you, you've birthed within me uh, to do and to care for. And I just remember the Holy Spirit saying in that moment, you're where you need to be. You need, you need to be here for, for these people. And I'll never forget those, those words. And it wasn't exactly what I wanted to hear in the moment, but it was what I needed to hear in the moment. So Colossians 3.17 says, And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. This verse that helped, this was the verse that, that helped me know that if I was showing up to a job I knew I didn't want to be at, anybody been there? Anybody there now? Oh man, those hands like, yep, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Here's some encouragement. I knew I didn't want to be there either. I loved the people. I just, I knew, I, I just knew that there was more. But I remember telling myself and I remember telling the Lord that if I'm showing up to this job, I'm going to make sure that nobody knows I don't want to be there. That, that, yeah, I said that right. Okay, culture's telling you that if you don't want to be somewhere, you make it known. You don't like something, you make it known. But I remember sitting there in that moment and telling myself, you know, if I'm going to be here at this job, uh, I'm going to make sure that people don't know I don't want to be here at this, at this job. The word says in everything, word or deed, I'm showing up with excellence on my mind. 
So we're talking picking up trash around the facility, straightening out things that are out of place, wiping down sinks to make sure it's excellent. Nobody's seeing this but the Lord. But, the, but Colossians is telling me that whatever I do, word or deed, I'm going to do it because the Lord Jesus is looking at you. He's watching your every move. So my goal was if the Lord is watching, well, I'm going to strive to leave the room better than when I entered it. I'm going to strive to do my part. Even if I don't like it, I'm going to strive because the Lord has you where he needs you. So is that your goal today? Do you, do you look for opportunities to make things better in your life? Or the room that you walk in, do you look to make it better when you, when you leave? Do you attempt to leave your mark for his glory? Not for your gain, but for his glory. I want to encourage you to say that if it all started with me, with a thank you. Psalm 100, and I'll bring the band up for this moment. Psalm 100, verses 4 and 5 says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His love endures forever. 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 I feel like the uh, uncle squints on the sandlot. Forever. His love endures forever. I think, I don't know, I have to go and um, do some research, but I feel like that's a common theme in the Bible for us to know that his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Which means his faith, he's faithful to me, he's faithful to my sweet daughter Olivia, he's faithful to your kids and their kids and their great-grandchildren and the great-grandchildren that goes underneath them. And it all starts with us realizing that he is faithful. He is faithful. So I started thanking him specifically for things that I've seen in my life, the miracles, the provisions, the favor, even the material things. That's okay, too. I want to end with a couple stories today. The first is that I was, uh, I, I let you know that I, I get to oversee the outreach ministry here, but it was earlier this year that I was serving, we're actually serving the poor, not just the lower income, but the poor. They have nowhere to go. They don't have any money. They don't have any food. So they show up to this local church, Life Restored Ministries um, Church, and they go and get food every first Saturday of the month or every Saturday of the month. We were just helping out at that time. And I remember there was somebody who, who rode up on a bike, and he had, on his bike he had this trailer, I mean, hitch and all. I, I just recently bought a truck. I'm still trying to figure out how to hitch a truck. This guy hitched a bike. Uh, and I was just asking about his story and trying to hear where he was at in life because, I mean, he's getting around. He has a bike. He has a hitch. He has some supplies. And he was just like, well, you know, I just started showing up to church. And then I was consistent with that. Then I started building a community, and I started asking guys if they needed some work done around the house. I didn't even know how to do home repairs, but I just gave it a shot. Now, he's doing that for a living. He, he has contract work he's doing, and I was, I was asking him, where do you, where do you go? Like, and he was like, oh, my last job that I did was 35 and North and shirts. And I was like, we're downtown. I was like, I don't know no bike route that takes me to 35 North and Shirts. And he was like, yeah, I just, I plan it all out. It's kind of like a day's journey. Take my time, get there. But uh, 
And I'll never forget the phrase that he said with a, the biggest smile from ear to ear on his face, like he was excited to share this. And he said, this month, this month, because I got paid, I get to pay rent. Wow, that floored me. I'll never forget. Now this person, for this man, grace is not familiar. His thankful heart outshines his familiarity. In 2018, shortly after joining here on staff, uh, I can recount spending a different type of Thanksgiving uh, in the hospital with my mom. She had a she had a dizzy spell and she needed to be admitted. I didn't plan to cry here. I don't. Uh, doctor said that she had 90% blockage in both carotid arteries. Now the brain is fascinating that I've learned because of my nurse practitioner wife. Now come on, shout out! She is graduated, board certified, gonna get a job this week in the name of Jesus. Amen. Uh, the brain is fascinating, but the the body. Is the way God fashioned it, if there's blockage, it's going to reroute and find blood somewhere else and get to where it needs to get to. But, and so this was the case in 2018. However, it came at a cost. And that cost was last December, my mom went to be with the Lord. Hasn't even been a year yet. So we're still celebrating all the firsts without. But it's encouraging to know because my mom went to be with the Lord. And that's not just me telling you that that's what happened. I know this because scripture says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And God also showed me that my mom was with him. I didn't think he would. I mean, I literally had a prayer. I, I, I had the opportunity to lead my parents to Christ in my early 20s, sitting them down in the living room floor. We said the prayer of salvation. I believed and I had still had faith, you know, 10 years later, believing that that's where she was gonna journey into heaven. But I still had to know. Like, when you start reading the Bible, you want to make sure your loved ones are spending eternity with the Lord. And this was that moment. And I said, God, I need you to show me. I need you to be like, I want to be like Gideon. Okay, I'm going to put my fleece out. I'm going to want you to rain down. I want you to keep the fleece dry. I need you to show me that my mom is with you, Lord. And he did. And I actually, I told him, God, I'll give you a timeline. Uh, one year, five years, ten years, I don't care. Like, I just want to know that it's in this lifetime that I know my mom was with you. And five minutes later, five minutes later, he showed me that my mom is with him. And that moment will never become familiar to me. I can't let it become familiar. That a God so far away, yet he, he, he's so close, he chose to answer me immediately. And I'll thank him forever for that. So how about your life? Are there times when all you got from God was request after request? You go into the Lord, and, and that's okay. But I think I want to set up a time right now where we have an opportunity to give back to God what's rightfully his, and that's a thank you. So at this time, would you just take a minute? Will we all stand? The band's up here. We're going to go into a song for just a few moments. I want you to take a uh, an opportunity just to recognize the blessing that you have, the blessing that you get to stand, the blessing that you are here blessing that you get to hear an incredible word from the Bible that God I feel like has appointed for this time for you specifically for this week when you recognize that blessing in your life take a moment and give a thank you in your own way I'm not telling you how to thank him I'm just saying that you would thank him
because the Bible says that every good and perfect gift comes from above. And his name is Jesus. So I want, to, I want us all to do this corporately, together in our own way. I'm going to come back up afterward. We're going to have some time of communion after we give thanks. But let's, let's, uh, let's take some time and give thanks. If you would like the most up-to-date information about Grace Avenue Church or you are looking for a way to support this ministry, please visit us online at graceavenuechurch.com. Thanks for listening.